0: This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. Boy, hot enough for you today, Connor? Oh, my goodness. This is Sunday, September 6th. It was 113 degrees uh, near
1: Pasadena, California. 122 set a new record uh, for California. 122 degrees well, in Woodland Hills. Wait a minute.
0: What about Death Valley? I, I think they ignore places
1: like Death Valley because they would win the record every single it's time. It's possible. It's possible that I misunderstood and it's a valley record or something
0: like Could that. Could be. Yeah. Woodland Hills haven't grown up in... 122! Canoga. Yeah. I grew up in Canoga Park and I, I remember as a kid always hearing, doggone it, we were second best. Woodland Hills always edged us out by a, a couple of degrees. Bummer. Yeah. Very, very hot out there. So hopefully everybody's staying safe on multiple Levels. So we're going to talk about Joe Biden, uh, whether or not he um, should just uh, blow off the debates. Uh, we're we're also going to talk. Uh, he's busy that day. We're also going to talk about Michael Cohen's book coming out, um, and uh, he's uh, he's going to say some shocking things about Donald Trump, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, We are going to keep going with our Moron of the Week project. Uh, This week's Moron, we'll talk about this uh, person at the end of the show, just to give you a little hint. It has to do with um, drones and LAX. Uh, This person qualifies as the Moron of the Week. So I'm going to go out on a limb, uh, Connor, and I'm just going to uh, say right now, there will be no debates uh, between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. I'm I'm absolutely predicting today. You're putting your money on it. I really am. You'll notice there isn't any actual money. No actual money was harmed in the making of this bet. But... yeah, I, I, there are three of them scheduled. I think uh-huh. one late September, a couple in October, plus the vice presidential Late debate.
1: September, that's this month. How, yeah. how much could change between now and the end of September? I'll tell you
0: what's going to change. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden is just going to say, I'm not going to do it. Hmm. And I know we've talked about this a little bit in, in previous episodes, but I just got to think that there are too many, the, the risk is too great that Biden is going to have a senior moment that will actually frighten people. I have heard probably ten to twelve clips played on right-wing talk radio, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, if even half of them are are true and not the result of somebody's creative editing, and I you know I assume that they were all basically true because there'd be a a whole lot of consequences if you just
1: totally made this stuff up. Are there any consequences in the post-truth era? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, a couple of them here and there.
0: Uh, I'm telling you, if even half of them are true, if he came up with one or two of them in a debate, people would be scared to death. So I think the smart thing to do is for him to run an ad, and the ad is going to say, I know you folks are expecting debates, well, guess what, we're not going to have them for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'd like to play you a little 30-second montage of Donald Trump's behavior in prior debates, and let the cameras roll, Sure, and people are going to be stunned, of course, in personal attacks, you know, mimicking people, little nicknames, talking about the size of uh, male members of some of his uh, competitors, and he's going to say, you know, if you really need that kind of stuff, Go ahead and vote for the Donald, but I don't think you do. I'm going to let you know where I'm coming from in this campaign. So that's strategy number one. Strategy number two is to say, no matter how we try, there's going to be a lot of social distancing, but when you have three national presidential debates from three different locations around the country, of course it isn't a packed house, but People are going to be involved in close quarters, putting this on, and lives are in the balance. And I don't think it's worth it for this. Mm. Let's just get it on and have a regular uh, bare knuckle campaign. But the debates are a waste of time. He will get some crap mm-hmm. of people. Uh, Donald oh, saying, yeah. "Cluck, cluck, cluck! You're oh, a chicken." Yeah, absolutely. But you know how many people who are really making up their minds in the middle are, are going to uh, re- respond to that. I, I think the danger is too great because I think at this point the only way Trump can win is a really serious senior moment out of Biden at a debate. And if he has three debates, what do you? I mean, the odds are pretty decent that
1: he's going to say something really scary. I don't know. I I find that uh, the downside of looking like you're not a fighter is a really big one. I feel like uh, a lot of uh, people want uh, Biden. What if he to- rips his mask off? Like, I, well, he I, says all this. Ooh, that's good. I I want Biden to stand up to Trump. I want somebody who will uh, will you know stand up for the left. I want somebody who'll stand up for truth and justice in the American way, etc. And Superman's busy right now, so it's got to be Biden. He's the guy. He's mm-hmm. our guy. And I think excitement is important. I think people feeling like they're a part of a movement is important. And having your candidate turn tail would be a uh, uh, too great a blow. So I I think that, uh, I think Biden will do fine in the debates. And I think he'll just, you know, have a cup of coffee beforehand, uh, like any of us would. Uh, and I'm sure he will do just fine. He did very well at the Democratic National uh, Committee's nominating speech. They could have pre-taped that one and sort of done some movie magic, but they didn't. Would it look bad if he had an intravenous
0: drip of of coffee on the set? <laughs> hey,
1: I want an maybe, strip maybe of coffee, and I'm maybe maybe am 30 years old I say I'm 30 years old I'm very close to 31 but I'm
0: darn it I'm still 30 still are you know one of the reasons Connor I was thinking maybe Biden would go this route is because uh, about 5 days ago the Biden team came out and said you know what we've got a condition for these debates mm-hmm. oh what's that not a condition what they wanted but yes right they wanted a live fact checker. absolutely on the bottom of the screen a crawl pointing out lies by, lies. oh, I don't know, whoever might happen whoever to have told the lie during you know, the course of the debate.
1: So Biden, I think of course, is not going to say anything specific enough to be a technically called a lie, as is every politician's debate performance and speech, is mm-hmm. that they just say generic platitudes about, well, we're going to do the right thing and we want our programs to help people, right. blah, blah, blah. Trump's the only one out there saying facts. They're all wrong facts, but he's saying the facts.
0: So I'm just thinking maybe the fact that Biden is floating that and who knows, maybe they'll stick with it. Uh, We've got to have some sort of a neutral source. Good luck. That's true. That would be one way. And if Trump refuses, then Biden can use that as an excuse. He's afraid of the truth. He's afraid of a live fact checker at the bottom of the screen. So uh, we'll see. It's it's uh, I don't know if I'm right, but that's my uh, that is my big money's riding on it. Prediction. Right. So uh, news out of Northeastern University, Connor. Yeah, um, I was reading about this and I, you know the details on this. I, I knew that some kids got into trouble
1: yeah. at Northeast. So this is the weekly COVID report. Da-da-da-da-da. How are we doing? Badly. We're doing very badly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so schools are open in many places around the country. College students are coming back uh, and they're doing in, a, a sometimes in-person classes, and they're sometimes doing you know very few in-person classes or outdoors when possible. And uh, mostly online learning. I mean, it's not like you spend that many hours in uh, in a classroom in college anyway. And unlike you know third graders who spend the whole time inside or coughing in, in each other's mouths, right. college we'd think is a possible thing that might actually be able to happen, right? Really? Come on, people. Have you been to a college campus ever? Have you <laughs> seen a college party? They are not social distancing. They are drinking out of each other's beer pong cups. But whatever. Okay, these kids are going to do what these kids do. That's what happened in New- Northeastern. They get invited back to campus. I'm sure they were very thoroughly briefed on the COVID uh, you know, regulations and how they're supposed to act. COVID uh, is, of course, a, a major crisis issue when you're living in dorms, specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh But a lot of college campuses are trying to do contact tracing, right? They're trying to say, okay, we've got a case here. Somebody comes up positive. Who did you talk to? How close did you get to that person? How many steps removed do you have to do to chase down everybody else that might be exposed? And then people who are exposed, they get advised to take extreme steps like quarantining for multiple weeks. This is how multiple countries have successfully contained the virus. So, for example— Vietnam did an incredibly good uh, job with this, and they had like 60 deaths total for five and a half months. Wow! Of course, then they relaxed things. They tried to open their economy back up because they were worried about, you know, keeping the economy closed forever, and they had a, a resurgence that they're dealing with now. But for four and a half, five and a half months, they were doing a really good job. So this is the situation where in. Northeastern dismisses 11 students after like a week of classes mm-hmm. for breaking coronavirus a uh, virus a uh, uh, regulation guidelines. And okay, so tell that's me about bad the enough. tuition angle. Yeah, that is the real tough. That's tough, right? To to invite kids back to a campus and then when they act exactly like you know they're gonna act, you kick them out of school, and keep. $36,500 each in tuition from now, these 11 this, kids.
0: I cannot imagine that this is going to stand. You know no. the parents are going to sue. Or Freak demand. out! Absolutely. And it seems wrong. I mean, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. I'm not saying it's equivalent, but if you t- say to the kids, you know you have to use number two pencils here in your geology test, <laughs> and they don't, and they keep their $36,500, excuse me? Yeah. I mean, I guess we'd need to know a little more precisely what how they Violated the social. But in the first week or so, I mean, give me a break. Can you imagine the bad PR? That Northeastern is going to get yeah, by right now. withholding the 36500 I mean, are they that desperate
1: for money that they would be willing to tick off maybe the whole country? I mean, it's it's wild. And, and, and to circle back to the contact tracing situation, schools all over the country are doing similar things. I don't know about holding the tuition, but they're all over the country are doing similar things. They're threatening kids with dismissal, suspension, expulsion and trying to contract trace at the same time. Now, think about how exactly that's going to go when an administrator or a health uh, official or whoever says, hi, uh, my name's Joe, uh, administrator, dean person, and I'm here to do contact tracing. The dean doesn't do contact tracing, but let's <laughs> pretend, uh, pretend they're one person, because they effectively are when the enforcement arm is the same that's the uh, information collection arm, and they say, uh, so I want to know who you've been in contact with, because you turned up positive for COVID, uh, and That way I can suspend or expel and withhold the tuition from you and all of your friends. So please snitch on yourself and everyone you know so that we can take tens of thousands of dollars from each of you uh, and send you home packing from college. Hope you get your degree somewhere else sometime. Oh, my God. This is totally counterproductive if you actually care about contract tracing.
0: So bottom line, Connor, this seems like a bad idea, but fortunately, there's good news. We have an incredible level of influence at Northeastern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your beloved baby sister, Faye, is a graduate. (laughs) Right. I think we should just have her pick up
1: the phone, call the dean. Start screaming. And talk sense talk, to him. I mean, talk sense. No, d- don't scream. Talk sense. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. When we come back, Donald Trump
0: had a boat parade, and Connor has all the details about, about it. I'm excited to tell you. But
1: before we go, I gotta say, uh, if you like the podcast, please do us a favor. Go on your podcast app, whichever one you use. Apple Podcasts, or Podcast your Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever, and leave us a review. Leave us a little written review. Blah, blah, blah. Connor's great. Dad's great. Et cetera. I guess his name is Royal. You could put Royal in or dad, whatever. Either way. I, I'll allow you to call him dad, too. We can all be you know, in on that uh, Trump boat we parade We are family. Together. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'd really appreciate it, and it helps us out a lot.
0: Stick with us on Too Many Lawyers. We're back with Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. I'm Connor Oaks. So Donald Trump's boat parade. Boy, I, I kind of was out of the news so they working had, too hard this week. <laughs> uh, tell me about this. Uh, they had a
1: very successful Donald Trump boat parade. Uh, wherein they put a bunch of, uh, you know, MAGA flags, I guess, okay. on their boats. And they, uh, it, it sounds like fun. Them around. And, yeah. And uh, that was down in Florida. And so some other uh, MAGA Florida folks Florida is an important state. Yeah, it's true. And some other MAGA folks said, hey, that went really well. And it really showed off the, the Trump solidarity and that we exist still. There are some people that still like him. Um, so they decided on a sequel. Uh, we'll have a, a boat parade this time on a, uh, a lake. Uh, they got way too many people uh, together on their boats, Oops. piled into a lake, probably uh, drunk and not wearing uh, uh, their, according to the video, which I saw, which was pretty hilarious, uh, not driving very well and not wearing life jackets and flying their MAGA flags. And they all you know compounded and multiplied each other's wakes and basically... I don't even know how many the, the local 911 said they were inundated with distress calls uh, for people needing to be saved from swamped and submerged MAGA boats. Yikes. I think this is not just uh, this is not just uh, you know, a slightly inclement weather, uh, you know, a little bit of a wind picking up and swamping. some But this is a message uh, that even Ancient, out of fashion deities, specifically uh, Poseidon, god of the sea, <laughs> are angry with Trump. This is that him re- reaching up with his trident and poking holes. I'm a Neptune guy in myself, the bottom. But. Oh, I should have said Neptune. That would have been yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this it was pretty amazing. I in the the immediate reaction on Twitter was hilarious. There's a big conservative guy whose name I won't give any air, oxygen to, uh, who's a, a dumb dumb, and he. Uh, tweeted a tweet that went viral for all the wrong reasons, where he said, The odds of, of this many malfunctions on Trump supporting boats at the same time are microscopic. We are dealing with terrorism. And everyone responded, You're so dumb. <laughs> boats swamping each other happens a lot. When you put too many boats in a place, it's very likely to happen. That's what happened. No one thinks there were Antifa. Sp- frogmen you know drilling h- all holes through the bottom I think of the this holes. is an example of the old principle Connor any publicity is good publicity That's true. we're talking we're about talking Donald about him. Trump fortunately I didn't mention his name or else you, that would be a complete truism but yes <laughs> fair enough so uh, let's get into some uh, legal inside baseball Connor mm, uh, we, our speciality
0: uh, yeah so one of the big rules when you try a jury uh, case yeah. uh, is the uh, the lawyer or or even the parties don't Talk to the jurors. No Mm
1: chit-chat,
0: no idle, you know, isn't it hot today? It's absolutely an inviolable
1: rule. In fact, during jury selection, lawyers very often address this because they feel it's so important that they point out that this is a hard and fast rule. So they say things to the jurors like, look, you might see me by accident in the elevator. And if you say, oh, hello, how are you today? I'm not gonna respond. I might smile noddly, uh, smile politely, or nod, but I can't small chat, uh, chit chat with you. I cannot do it. It's against the rules. Please don't hate me. I'm not stonewalling you here. It's just part of the process. Yeah, and it's a good rule
0: yeah. because if if it weren't a, a zero tolerance type rule like that. What you'd have is people, you know, just saying you know, harmless little pleasantries, Inocuous, yeah. which
1: of course would e- sway, helps to ingratiate yourself, yeah. and
0: it's going to lead to you know a little bit more of a substantive yep. comment. Yep. So that's Campbell the rule. snows under the tent. So now we come to the the news event uh, up in because lawyers are
1: scum. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. Go on.
0: <laughs> so we come to Alameda <laughs> County Superior Court in downtown Oakland. Uh, Judge Brad Seligman uh, is uh, presiding over a trial, and it actually started out as a regular old fashioned trial where people actually. Show up in court. I, and, do, I can't even imagine it. Yeah, and uh, the, uh, Oakland, they don't exist anymore. Oakland is one of the few courts actually in California where they're actually having real live jury trials. But what happened was that one of the jurors got ill, and so uh, Judge Slugman said, "You know what? We're going to convert it to Zoom, and so we're going to shift." Some courts around the country are actually doing all Zoom all the time. Right. But it's it's pretty. You got to do unusual. something with criminal trials. If people are going to jail. Yeah, that, you got to get out. That's right. Sometimes the criminal defendants will stipulate, and they'll say, you know, we have a right to insist on a speedy trial, but given COVID, we're going to we're put it off. Here, it's a civil case. Now, it involved actually a retired admiral who claimed, uh, he's the plaintiff, that he was exposed to mesothelioma, the, this horrible disease, kind of like asbestosis, and you see all the TV ads for the lawyers around the country. So he's got this suit, in Alameda County. Well, if you've got
1: cancer, maybe you can't wait for your jury to be safe. Well, maybe
0: that was part of the timing issue. Anyway, it starts out regular, it goes to Zoom, and here's what happened next. If you've been in these Zoom situations, meetings or trials or whatever, you know that, you know, it's like the the Brady Bunch or or the old Hollywood Squares TV show. Everybody's got their own square. And so the tech people are are really pretty good about setting up these these pods or these breakout rooms where people, when they're together, they're together, but when they're supposed to be separate. Separate, they're, they are separate. Well, there was a screw up. Uh oh. And the tech people allowed the plaintiff, the retired admiral who wants a lot of money, to be in a breakout room with some jurors. And they're not supposed to be together. Oh, no. But there they are, and their mics aren't muted, and they they start chatting harmlessly Naturally. about. The, the background, the virtual background, because, you know, when you're on Zoom, you can set up yeah, yeah, yeah. Mars in the background. Right. You can right. have the Empire State Building. Well, somebody had the Golden Gate Bridge, and people were just saying, oh, that's beautiful. you got the Golden Gate Bridge. And it was that level of harmlessness, right. but it was the inappropriate communication between yeah. the admiral and the jurors. Right. Well, the defense gets word of this improper breakout communication, and they file a motion for mistrial. Right, as one might do. Judges hate to file motions for mistrial. I had a jury trial. Nobody wants to start over. Yeah, years ago, I had a jury trial, and in the middle of the jury selection process that went on for for a couple of days because it uh, it was a class action involving uh, AIDS patients and so on, somebody said something they shouldn't about AIDS, and I moved for a mistrial. Yeah. And the judge, I thought that his temple was going to explode. And he was so angry because he knew in his heart that after we hashed it out and argued, he was going to have to grant it. But it was a total waste of yeah. two or three days all the court time. So judges hate to do it. Well, sure enough, in this case, the judge said, no, I'm going to talk to the jurors. He spoke to the jurors. Hey, you know, was there anything inappropriate here? Were you, were you Your mind changed? No, no, everything's fine. So he denied the motion for mistrial. They have taken it up to the California Court of Appeal. Wow. And so it's- Still the first pending.
1: Zoom trial case issue yeah. goes to the California yeah. Court of Appeal. And
0: and to, to show the defense, to show how serious they were about challenging this, they quoted Dale Carnegie. Oh, How, how to friends Win and Friends influence and Influence people. people. They quoted from the best-selling self-help book of all time in which they uh, talk in the book about how you can subtly create empathy with people. You can incurably bias jurors by showing interest in them, right. talking about things they're interested right. in. So, uh, bottom line is... Is. If ever- Sometimes
1: when I'm incurably trying to bias people, I will accidentally pull up my shirt and reveal my rippling abs. And that <laughs> people just are so won over that they can never look at me uh, in a non-sexual way. That ever. would do you it.
0: Know? Absolutely, yeah. that would do it. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about Michael Cohen's upcoming book, Stick With Us on Too Many Lawyers. We're back. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm still Connor. Oaks. So Michael Cohen's book is coming out. Um, I don't know, Connor. Are people really going to trust him? Because after all. Uh, he was accused of uh, lying to Congress. I guess he was involved in that situation where he said, oh, yeah, we were negotiating with the Russians about that big building. Uh, it was right through uh, January of 2016. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's the ticket. It was right. January. Turns out it was June. Yeah. And who cares, you know, five or six months, except he knew it would be worse for Trump if it, they had talked about it right into June, right, you know, well into the campaign. Right. So he lied. Yeah. And he gets into all sorts of trouble. Yep. And so now, uh, I guess he he was released, and then they said, "Well, one of the conditions is you you can't you know talk about your book and so on. You can't interact with media. That's a condition of probation." And his head exploded because he said, "You know, you're violating my First Amendment That's my rights. Meal ticket. That may be I mean some, First Amendment rights. Yeah, that may be some kind of wacky probation rule, but you clearly you're trying to punish me. Right. So I think he was tossed back into the huskow. Uh, his book is coming out soon, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently, you were telling me that I guess there's a journalist, Alex Perrine.
1: Uh, so yeah, it's it's great stuff. So 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 Alex is basically delivers the punchline in this case, but uh, Michael Cohen comes out with the revelation, which is really just meant to hype his book, naturally. And I hate to give this guy oxygen because he's such you know a jerk, but at least he's a jerk who's renounced Trump, and that's something. Um, but he comes out and says, in my new book, I'll tell you all about— You're going to the- push
0: Omarosa's book, too? Oh, uh, yeah, good medical, idea, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Love moment. it. Um, so he says, I'm going to tell you all about uh, how Donald Trump hired an Obama impersonator to <laughs> sit there in Trump's office so that Trump could belittle him, and then and this is when in 2012, back in 2012, yeah, before the Republican National Convention, yeah, when in Romney is running, right, against yeah. Obama. So Obama, uh, they they get this faux Obama uh, impersonator <laughs> it, guy Fobama. in there, and they they sit him down, and and uh, Cohen says Trump belittles him on camera, makes fun of him, and lampoons him, and then ritualistically, like Apprentice, fires him, right, because that's Trump's thing, right. And everybody on Twitter says, okay, I don't think I believe that. That's bizarre. That's like p tape levels of bizarre, right? Mm-hmm. That's like the uh, accusation that he hired these hookers to, sorry, sex workers to do a golden shower on the bed that Obama's, the, the Obama's slept in right. at, I- at this hotel, right? That's insane. Like, why would they ever do, right? So then Cohen drops a photograph the, out with his release mm-hmm. of this, you know, of this hint, uh, and it's Trump across from the impersonator in Trump's office with the mic boom above his head. They're clearly filming the video and everybody's like, is this even Is this real? Like maybe they're taking this out of context. Maybe there's some just some wow. random guy that looks kind of like Obama in the, the office. Right. Then the tape leaks and it's everything Cohen said it was. And it's awful. Then. There's a journalist on Twitter who delivers, as, you, as I said, the punchline. His right. name is Alex Perine. He's a Salon author uh, of, of articles, and he posts a, a great tweet that's just four photos of text, snippets of tweets and text. Uh, it's from 2012, before the RNC. Donald Trump tweeting, "I'm working on my big surprise. Everybody, everyone's gonna love it for the uh, at the Republican National Convention. It's gonna be great." Then Alex supposed a snippet of his own article in which he says come on people trump's big surprise is just going to be him in some dumb video right. firing an obama <laughs> impersonator mm-hmm. the next picture is a tweet by trump the next day calling out alex perrine specifically insulting him calling him a loser and saying that's why he writes for a salon because he's a loser and people think <laughs> he's, a, he's a political lightweight and alex of course back in 2012 was like Wait, why am I being targeted by this billionaire who I don't even he doesn't know me? He just all of a sudden read my salon article and hates me for this. I don't get it. And then the final tweet is uh, the final picture is uh, Trump's RNC surprise. Uh, Cancelled due to scheduling shift. Did Trump get so hurt that someone guessed his big stupid surprise mm-hmm. Obama video that he just canceled it? They just took his ball and went home. He's like, "Well, you guys aren't going to appreciate it. You guys said it was idiotic before you even saw it." You know, this is a,
0: <laughs> this is a fun story, and I think it ties in with the, the origin story of Donald Trump and the presidency yeah, because you're right. people are, you know, as you were suggesting, you know, this is 2012. What's Trump getting involved with the the right? RNC? Yeah, here's the interesting thing about him. So we all know about his famous ego. Uh, I believe it was as early as the 80s, 1988, when, you know, Reagan was going out and and Bush was against Dukakis. I think even then Trump was thinking about running for president. Oh, yeah. You know, the art of the deal. He's a world famous guy, you know, billionaire, super ambitious ego and so on. And then subsequently, I think it, he never lost the bug. You know, it has to be just the right moment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the stars lined up for him. He, you know, in in 2016. But for for several uh, election cycles, he would pay people a little bit as little as possible. He would get sort right. of involved. He, at one point, he was thinking about a, a third party run like yeah. Ross Perot. I, I think in the same year. So then, I, I really am an adherent of the theory, Connor that the uh, horrific embarrassment of the Donald, because, you know, he doesn't have the world's best sense of humor. Right. At that correspondence dinner when Obama was mm-hmm. president and Obama got off of all those great one-liners written for him by professional comedy writers. Yeah, exactly. I somehow don't think he sat there in the Lincoln bedroom. Definitely not. Scrawling out those jokes. Right, right. Very smart guy, but not- But in, no, not, not a comedy way, writer. Yep. So he just ripped into Donald. Yep. And anybody else would just laugh and love the attention. Okay, yeah. he's getting some good zingers about me and my- that this is the well, process. You know, I'm I'm the center of attention. He clearly he was absolutely steamed. There wasn't a hint of a smile on his face. And a lot of people think that really was the start of the the serious, dedicated devotion to be, becoming president. So Obama gets the blame, Connor. For those of you who who consider this to be the apocalypse, I think you have to to blame Mr. Obama for it. Well, this.
1: you know what. If uh, if somebody taunts uh, a rabid dog and the (laughs) rabid dog bites America, yeah, you probably shouldn't have taunted the rabid dog. But I'm going to blame the dog.
0: So let's go to Moron of the Week. Um, The Moron is the launcher of, of whatever was up there above LAX. Uh, about a week or so ago, an American Airlines pilot tells the LAX control tower, oh, "We got a man flying with a jetpack. He's about uh, 300 yards from us with 3000 feet on the air. Can you what? do something about this?" Get idiot? the bazooka. Yeah. <laughs> so I our moron of the week candidate is whoever sent the jetpack up. Now, here's the question. It may well have been a mannequin strapped to a drone. Right. It could have been a guy yeah. on a jetpack and so on. At this point, we don't really know. Uh, Jetpacks, we are told, can go up to 18,000 feet
1: high. Yeah. Uh, the FAA is looking into it. The Look, FBI is looking into I it. I saw the classic 2000-whatever, I don't know, 12. 2001 A Space Odyssey? Uh, not that one, but close. Uh, the I think 2012 classic Iron Man. Uh, oh, yeah, in Robert which Downey a, Jr. A uh, very, very rich uh, capitalist, industrialist, uh, decides to build himself a Made suit the most of his fortune. It flies, right? And he kicks a butt in it. I think we're living in the origin story of that. I don't know whether it's Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. It's obviously one of the two. This is the most unbelievable thing about the Batman origin story, by the way. People would narrow that down <laughs> instantly. They'd be like, it's Bruce Wayne or it's Elon Musk. It doesn't matter which one it is. Just lock them both up. Clearly, one of them is Batman. And in this situation... It's Bezos or Musk. One of them is Jetpack Man, and we need (laughs) to put them both behind bars just in case and take all their money and use it to house homeless people.
0: Well, you know, it's it's not that uh, uh, far-fetched. I was reading about the background here, and back in the 50s, they actually were having uh, people flying with
1: jetpacks. You, know, you see some of the old,
0: old-timey old video. Yeah, but in the
1: 50s, they powered them with pure uranium, and the guys were dead after 11 minutes of yeah, exposure. And, to it, the... and
0: I think it lasted a lot less than 11 minutes. But the yeah. fun analogous situation uh, to the, to the jetpack guy was a story in 1982 that was mentioned in one of the, the stories about this. In 1982, a North Hollywood, California truck driver by the name of Larry Walters got 42 weather balloons and filled them with helium. Now that must've cost him a pretty picture, pretty penny right there. Um, he then got a lawn chair that I'm sure didn't cost too much. <laughs> he straps the 42 helium balloons to the lawn chair. Dear God. And uh, several minutes later, he is 16,000 feet up. I hope he brought a
1: seatbelt or
0: something on that lawn chair. I'm sure that Velcro hadn't been invented, but duct tape had been. So I he, hope it was a lawn can you imagine chair with a Flying cup holder. free. It's like Greatest American Hero, yeah. you know? So uh, he gets up there. He surprised two jet pilots, sure. just like the poor American Airlines guy. Sure. He uh, winds up getting fined $1,500. you want to guess how he was able to return to Earth? Uh, prayer. Prayer. Plus a pellet gun. Ah. He just started popping the bullet. He thought, you know, the air's getting a little thin. Right, right. And I
1: can see the moon there's the very raider, the clearly moon. right <laughs> now.
0: That's right. There's the man in the moon. Um, so the pellet gun, one by one, you have to do judiciously. Good a judicious thing he's a good swim. shot. Yeah. Yep. So it brings him down. And here we're still talking about Larry Walters. I bet he doesn't even have to drive a truck any longer. Yeah, immortality. That's right.
1: Holy cow.
0: <laughs> well, Connor, uh, I think that we have solved several serious problems here. And I am willing now for you to remind me if I happen to be wrong about Joe Biden. But I'm on record. Joe is never not even a single debate. We're not going to
1: see it. I just I don't can't think believe I can't believe it. But I, I, I will be uh, very impressed if you're right.
0: I don't think he's going to uh, spend his time doing that. I think he's uh, got important stuff to do. Not Not going to take the gamble. All right. This has been Too Many Lawyers. You have a great week. Hopefully the heat will break and we'll see you next week.